in North America, all of our systems are built with a white male bias. They're all built with a white male bias, which means that that what constitutes a qualified candidate is developed from a you know, post-colonial white male perspective. Is the thought of being imperfect keeping you from taking action? Welcome to Inspired Action for Imperfect Humans. Each week, we give you real-life stories and thought-provoking research that inspires your soul to live a more fulfilled life through your own actions. From the heart of Calgary, Canada, here are your hosts, award-winning coaches, Christopher Lawrence and Kyle Kalou. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Madame and Monsieur, welcome back to Imperfect Inspired uh, Human Podcast. And of course, I know when you hear Imperfect, you're thinking about my cohort, Christopher Lawrence. When you're hearing thinking of Inspired, you're thinking <laughs> about me. You? <laughs> Such I gotta, a piece I gotta of get shit. my jobs in when I can. I gotta You're such a piece of shit sometimes. <laughs> you gotta get your jobs in when you can, which interesting enough, I'm curious, Christopher, when you heard me say that, what story did you tell yourself in that moment? Uh, the story I told myself is, here we go, how typical. Right, how typical. And you already start thinking, what am I going to say back to him? What, what, how am I going to get him back? If not yeah. now, later, right? Yeah. And so, you know, I wanted to ch- switch it up a little bit because I think this comes up and I know it comes up, you know, in a lot of my coaching sessions with clients when we deal with certain things, you know, as they think about their leadership, they think about their parenting, they think about their life, their relationships with people in general. You know, there's all the, the term I use uh, quite often. And, you know, those of my clients who are listening knows this. I often use the expression, what story are you telling yourself in that moment, right? When you, you start thinking about a certain way, you start responding about a certain way. By the time we're talking, that story has already started, right? It has already happened. You're actually going through it and you're really trying to pull things together, right? Is, is from my perspective. So I know sometimes people, and I, I think that's the same for you, right, Christopher? Like when you uh, work I think with it's your a, clients. Yeah, it's the same for all clients. Actually, uh, Brene Brown does uh, on, on her Netflix special, she does a really great explanation of the story I'm telling myself is and how mm. she knows that people have done some work on themselves when they start to say the phrase, the story I'm telling myself. We use it with each other too. Like, yeah. I think it's another way of saying that we've let our own history, our own bias get in the way of you know get get in the way of what reality is in exchange for something that we're experiencing and the history we have everything kind of goes through this filtering system right so it's like it's like nobody can see the world the way it is we just see the world the way we are so i hate i i hate hearing myself say it too because you know sometimes you, you just feel right yeah uh, or you want to feel <laughs> what you're feeling, right? And I think about, for example, uh, you know, going down the highway, whatever you're using, highway, freeway, wherever you are in the world. Um, think about that. You always, you know, people, every, everyone knows if you're in the left lane, that's the faster lane, right? That's, that's not for someone who's going to make a right turn, you know, cross over four or five lanes to make a right turn to exit off the freeway, right? Um, or the highway. So think about you're going and usually say it's about 100 
you know, uh, kilometers in an hour or something like that. And um, someone's behind you. And you're like, I'm already going 100. I'm already going 105. We start telling ourselves the story that I like, dude, like, come on, like, what do you get off my ass? Like, I'm already going fast, right? And then we might now I don't do this. But I know you do this. You use explicit (laughs) words to describe these people behind you. That's bullshit, Kyle. And it was her fault. No. uh... (laughs) There it is. (laughs) So so actually, this is interesting. So they have, they've actually done a bit of research on this with drivers. And so, oh. so it's interesting. We, for some reason, as human beings, default to kind of, um, for lack of a better term, we see cars as body language. So when someone puts their signal on and cuts in front of us quickly, or maybe they fail to signal, as an example, we, we will often take it as a personal affront, right. which is which is why we tend to get so pissed off or if somebody's like behind us and they're like tailing us and yeah sometimes the person is just you know being a dick right Right, sometimes that is happening right there's an Mm -hmm. arrogance and entitlement but what you don't know is like maybe that person is like rushing to see you know their their grandma in the hospital who they know is like dying and they've got like minutes or hours and it's like is it safe no but can we have empathy for the circumstance? You know, possibly. There's something actually, Kyle, I, I know you wanted to share a story here because you, you were doing some purging in your house. But before you do that, there's actually something called the ladder of inference. And I don't know if okay. you remember this uh, from mm-hmm. the insights work, but but ladder of inference, in our office, we will often say, I'm up my ladder. And if somebody says, I'm up my ladder, basically what we're saying is, I'm so... I'm so far into my own story right now that I'm having a really hard time seeing the world a different way. That's what we mean when we say I'm up my ladder. Or he's got his backup, right? Or the person has their backup. So so yeah. we will say that in our office actually as I'm up my ladder. Yeah. So so actually this is called a ladder of inference and it's a real thing. So basically the first rung on the ladder is that we experience and observe data that we receive from the world, kind of like a camera with an audio piece, right? So your brain doesn't have eyes, your body has eyes. Your brain can't touch and feel, but your body can touch and feel. So your brain is just collecting all of this data from the from its external peripheral Sensors. equipment. Mm-hmm. So like, like a computer, a CPU unit, right? a computer processing unit, I don't know, whatever, but the CPU unit only has peripheral devices. It actually doesn't, the computer doesn't see, it doesn't have a mouse, but you attach a mouse to it. And so the computer uses that data to process requests that you make, whether it's typing on a keyboard or looking at a monitor and it does a bit of output through the monitor, right? Mm -hmm. Our brains are no different. So we experience data as a video Uh, or audio or whatever, and we capture Mm -hmm. data. It hears words, it observes body language, and it collects information. That's the first rung. Mm -hmm. The second rung is is that our brains select data that it feels is relevant, and then it discards data that seems irrelevant. And this is where we start to get into a bit of trouble, because the data that we select is the data that we believe is going to help us with our survival. So it helps us with regulating. So we only choose the data 
that we believe is relevant. So if you've spent a lot of time in trauma or fear or anger in your life, you select the data that you believe is going to help you regulate those situations, which means I want to feel safe. I need to procreate, right? So Mm -hmm. that's basically what regulation is all about. It's all about sustaining you so you can procreate. And regulation is not just a physiological function. It's also an emotional function. Okay. Third rung is I add meaning. So based off of the data that we've selected, that's been carefully filtered through, right? We it, it selects data it, and we add meaning to that data that we feel is reasonable according to the data that we've selected. The next rung is that we start to make assumptions. So basically all data that we have now selected has holes in it because it's never pure data, right? right? It's never pure data. It's got holes in it, right? There's there's gaps. So what we do is we start to fill in those gaps by making assumptions. Next one rung we, on the ladder, we draw conclusions. So based on those assumptions and based on what's best for me and those that we care for or for those things that are important to us, we start to draw conclusions. We adopt beliefs based off of those conclusions as if everyone has the same conclusions and beliefs. That's where we run into trouble because we start to think we're right, they're wrong. And and how can they not all see it the same way? How do they not see this? This is common sense. This is like, this is kind of the stuff that we, and then we start playing into that, right? Totally. And then the last rung is that we act based off of those beliefs as if they were proven facts. And we adjust new data to fit our beliefs. So the goal is to recognize actually that you are an imperfect human being Mm-hmm. And that, that you may climb up your ladder very quickly. Like for a lot of us, think about it. Somebody's tailgating you and then they pass you and then they cut in front of you. You can move from experiencing and observing the bottom part of the ladder to taking action by giving somebody the finger or tailgating right. them back within seconds, right? Mm-hmm. That, this process happens super fast. Yeah. And I think that's the piece that people don't miss. And like we said, sometimes when you take that pause, like the, the action around, how can I interrupt that? Right. How can I interrupt getting up that ladder? Right. And so, you know, if you think even that moment where Christopher said, you know, what if someone was trying to go to the hospital because of the dying grandmother? Or what if someone got a call from a their kid's school and they actually have to go there and pick them up? Right. There's all these things can happen. And so the moment when we start playing out that story, the assumptions that because we were talking about where we're saying, oh, this guy's being an a-hole. This guy is just trying to, you know, uh, make this not safe for me. So I'll show him I'm going to hit my brake. I'm going to slow down. I'm going to do all these things instead of in that moment. Sometimes we say question or um, that that feeling, the story you tell yourself by introducing something new by just saying "Hmm, what I'm experiencing right now what I'm feeling, the assumptions, the emotions, I'm going through this just before I act. This has to happen just before the act piece of it is saying, is what I'm experiencing or the story I'm telling myself, is it fact or is it feelings? The best part of this, Kaya, sorry, the best part of this, Kyle, is that it can actually happen after you act too. It's okay to go back through and say, hang on, I'm not, maybe I didn't act or react in a way that, Mm -hmm. you know, that, that would be caring or empathetic or in line with what actually happened in the circumstance. 
Yeah, that's a great point. And thank you for that. You know, like I said, if you if you can catch it before you act, brilliant. That's great. Fantastic. You know, what have you. Uh, and if you can't, there's nothing wrong with you saying, you know what, let me let me do that over. Because sometimes we feel it already happened. Like what's done is done. You'll hear that expression, right? What's done, it's done. No, you can actually come back to it. And I think you really build a strong relationship with that person when you come back and say, listen, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't act that at all. You know, that came out not what I really intended. Let me do that again, right? And there isn't anything wrong with that because when you're asking yourself, is this fact or is this feelings, it allows you to just slow it down and process. Even before or after, it allows you to process it. And again, most times it's just feelings. And then the, if you want to be able to take it to that next level is then you have that conversation with that person. And, you know, like Christopher said earlier, when he's like, oh, sometimes I, I hate saying it out loud because then I have to admit that that was happening. However, if I know this is a feeling that I think Christopher feels a certain way about me uh, and it's not factual because he didn't tell me that, I'm going to go to him and say, listen, the story I'm telling myself when I did that um, was that I think you think I'm incompetent. Right? right. And again, it, I felt that you know, I had that assumption about it. And I'm giving the other person an opportunity to either say, you're right, you are an idiot, which Christopher usually does uh, to me, and or two, to actually, <laughs> that's not true. Or to come back and say, no, 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 I'm not sure where you got that impression. Um, but here's what really was happening. So now you get it factual and you can continue the dialogue or have a conversation. What's bringing this up for you? I'm curious, because I know you were doing some purging and you, you, you kept sending my husband and I some documents and. Well, let's not talk about that. Um, but no, no, what was happening is that I was going through a lot of these documents and, you know, and people on my social media probably saw some of those pictures. So I came across uh, a folder that has all my uh, report cards all the way back to I believe, grade three or grade four. And uh, each of them, I was reading them, right? Because, you know, I kept them. My mom kept them and I took them from her. And uh, I saw some school photos of, of stuff. And I was such a, a, you could see the energy and brightness in my face and, you know, how I was sitting and how I was dressing. And I was like, Jesus, I was wearing a suit in grade four. <laughs> what is happening? You didn't mean to picture it. So obviously I got that from my mom who really wanted to make sure I, I presented well. Well, the story I started to tell myself when I was reading these report cards, I had a lot of things to say about, you know, Kyle should um, focus more on his studies and he should, you know, not worry about what other students are doing, um, you know, stop playing business in my class. Like all these things, like that teacher put that out there. Even on an interview, I remember a teacher telling my mom because my mom came over asking me about it. And, you know, one of the teachers said, you know, Kyle thinks he's a businessman. Like he's, he runs, he tries to run my classroom like a business. He has a, he has a guy over there playing his secretary. He has another person playing his sister. He has a, all these things were happening. And I just thought to myself, in that time, I wasn't listening to their stories that I should not be right? Because I could have, right? But the story I was telling myself in that moment is I am going to be a businessman. I am going to do great things in business. I am going to have those big offices, big office where I have that big desk because, oh my goodness, Christopher, you know what I used to do? I used to put my little tiny desk close to the teacher's desk <laughs> and start using his desk as my desk. And he'd be like, okay, move this. Like, what is this on my desk? No, put this on your desk right? Because you I just wanted, wanted a be, big desk. I wanted a big desk. You know, the funny that. thing is, is that Kyle still plays office. <laughs> you know, it's funny. You are still very, very much that little boy. 
today uh, living your fantasy, right? Just, you know, you love a big white chair. You love, mm-hmm. like, girl, you love that corporate life and lifestyle. The funny thing is, you know, when I was a little boy, talk about, you know, talk about unconscious bias and stuff. So, mm-hmm. so what would come back on my report card is like, Christopher's like the little old man of the class. He's constantly fighting for everybody's rights. You know, even the people that bullied me or picked on me, I would be fighting for their rights, right? And it's just like, if somebody picked on them, I would intervene. So it's kind of, you know, like, it's it's funny how those things shape us, um, you know, as we get older. But I never played boss, but I would always play secretary. I loved having, like, (laughs) when Shane and I would play, it's like we play business. Shane's my older brother. We'd play business. So Shane would be doing his business stuff, which I think in his mind was all rock star stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, behind me and, and in front, I would have this little table set up with a chair and I would be organized with my pens and my papers and, and I'd be ready to, I, you know, I'd be ready. And then, and then I'd be set up and waiting and I'd be like, okay, now I'm going to go ask mom to come down and, and do business, right? Like come play. And so it's like, and so, and I've always felt like a, like a, you know, while I do love my leadership, um uh skills i love being a team lead like i love that i love working with people and just helping them achieve their goals and dreams and removing obstacles um i i still think i'm so much better as a second in command so that doesn't mean i wouldn't have wouldn't want direct reports what i'm saying is that i i never wanted to you know be the one lead like leading but i'm good being the second person leading Mm-hmm. Right. And that's why it's, do you remember when you came in and it's like, you know, the story I'm telling myself is that I'm not cut out for leadership. So here, congratulations. You've been a business partner in this company for three months and you're now the CEO. Do you remember that conversation? Yeah. I, I do. And you had said at the time, um, you know, I don't want to lead. I don't want to. And it's not that you don't want to lead to this distinction you were trying to make there. It's Agreed. that you don't want to be the final voice. That's like, it. You don't want to be that that we're, you know, theoretically the buck stops, so to speak, right? Do you know um, why however, I think that is? really do a lot this of is, support. This is the story I tell myself. The story I tell myself is that I think that that kind of leader needs to be able to, to, because um, everything we do in life passes through emotion. We know that everything we do in life passes through emotion. It's just that some of us lead with emotion and some of us have emotion kind of tucked back, but you cannot bypass emotion. That is impossible. I lead with emotion and I don't think that's a problem in a lot of circumstances. And I wish we actually had more leaders that led with emotion because I think we would just have more cohesive workplaces, less us and them, less here's the executive team and here's everybody else, right? We'd have more heart-centered or human-first leadership. But the story I tell myself is that to make some of the decisions that I know that you have had to make, I think it would be hard to be a leader in that position who leads with emotions first, because you won't lose sleep at night for some of the tough things that we've had to do, and I will. Right. And so I think for that, you know, it's a story that I tell myself, you know, and it's very interesting. Kyle, I actually have, I, I went and dug some digging here, just some quick digging yeah. about, about, um, about this topic. So another way that I like to say this is it's something called um, unconscious bias. So basically, Mm -hmm. it's like we all have biases built in. And of course, 
with the way the world is going right now, there's so much unconscious bias ha happening and there's so much confirmation bias happening. We work with somebody actually, Kyle, he's very science-based, particularly in the health realm. But then when COVID hit, it was like all of a sudden he was only pulling anecdotal evidence. Mm. He was only pulling anecdotal evidence. All of his evidence was com like confirmation bias, confirmation bias being, you know, if I believe that the sky is red, Mm -hmm. And then I look up at the sky and I see that, you know, during sunset, that the sky That's is right. red. Yeah. Confirmation bias says, see, I told you the sky is right. red, right? We do this a lot, you know, if we feel the universe is out to get us, that's confirmation bias. Or things like um, where it's like, maybe we believe, um, you know, that there's... Uh, well, geez, I, I'm so scared to give a suggestion because I'm I don't I'm scared of confirmation. I'm I'm really scared of like triggering somebody. Um yeah. you know, but example an example of this would be like um let's say that you believe that um you know aliens are on planet earth with us mm -hmm. and then and then you see someone walking down a dark alley that looks like they have antenna on their head and maybe it's dark or whatever, but that's your confirmation bias, right? So it's like, see, I told you there are aliens. And I was like, well, maybe there are, but but we would need to kind of see more proof of that, right? So, so, so that's confirmation bias. I am not saying that there are aliens and that there are not aliens on planet earth. <laughs> I'm saying if we were to undo our bias, what I'm saying is that uh, unless you work in that field, you probably really don't know. Yeah. So, so, so unconscious, that's confirmation bias. Unconscious bias is, is very similar, right? So basically it refers to, you know, it can refer to prejudices that we have that we're unaware of, right? And, and it exists in all sorts of cases. So here's the thing, here's some stuff at work. This was done in the United States, but certainly in Canada and other parts of the world, we would experience this. 48% uh, of African women uh, and 47% of Latina women report being mistaken for administrative or custodial staff. That's almost half, Kyle. That's almost half, right? Um, and, and we see that sometimes, don't we see that with like <clears throat> uh, female doctors? Mm -hmm. Oh, are you the nurse? Mm -hmm. Do you mean like there, there's so many of those things or the male doctors will mm -hmm. say, I mean, I saw that the other day, a male doctor says he's mistaken all the time uh, mm -hmm. as a male nurse think people think he's a doctor or they feel mm -hmm. reassured, right, by him, right? Mm -hmm. And so there's so many things. Go ahead. Well, we well, well, that's the thing, right? Like, like uh, uh, Harvard runs into this all the time. So, so I think it's 60, 65 or 68% of Harvard applicants are Asian. But I think it's only eight, this one I'm drawing from memory, only 8% of their students are uh, of Asian cohort, which is like, and it's like, statistically, that doesn't make sense. Statistically, if that's the amount of applicants, Mature. then you should have roughly the same amount of applicants. Mm -hmm. And I know some people are like, but it should be the right person for the position. It's like, we run into this when... I, I'm just I'm just gonna put something out there. I don't I don't mean it to sway anybody's political opinion, but when our prime minister said 50% of my cabinet is gonna be female, 
there was a huge uproar about that because people were saying, but it should be the right person for their job. It shouldn't be based on their gender. And my problem with that statement is specifically this. In North America, all of our systems are built with a white male bias. They're all built with a white male bias, which means that that what constitutes a qualified candidate is developed from a you know, post-colonial white male perspective. Here's an example of this. Some of this actually comes from our evolution too. Did you know that that the lower someone's voice is, the more likely they are to, to get elected as a politician? How many high-voiced politicians do you know? Not many. Interesting. Less than 15% of men are over six feet in the United States. Less than 15% of men are over six feet tall in the United States. But 60% of corporate CEOs are at least that height. Unconscious bias. So the, the taller a man is, the more likely he is to earn more than a shorter man. Damn. That doesn't mean he's more competent. So, so it's like... Yeah. It's like, well, it should be based off of, you know, somebody's competency, but it's not. Yeah, we, so it's clear that we have so much unconscious bias. And I think you guys could read a little bit more. The reason why we wanted to really make sure we, we chat about this today is because sometimes these stories that we're telling ourselves could get in the way of your successes, of your relationships, of all these other things, right? And again, make no mistake, sometimes the story we tell ourselves helps us too, right? All we're saying is just for a moment, be deliberate about being mindful about the story you tell yourself and finding out, is it getting in your way or is it you know, a part of that whole unconscious bias for you to just step back and check uh, what's happening and then engage the person in the conversation? Because I'll tell you right now, if someone came at me and just said, listen, pal, the story I'm telling myself right now, there's no need for me to go up a ladder. There's no need for my back to be up. I could easily have a conversation. Instead of someone says, I think you think I'm an idiot. And you're like, Oh, hold on, hold on, right? Which is sometimes can, can happen. So what I would say to you is think about for this week's Imperfect Inspired Action, what is it about the story you tell yourself, right? Being mindful of that too. Maybe do an inventory. I challenge you for one week, if not a day, be mindful of those thoughts that you have and see the path that it goes down to. Is it a path of story you're telling yourself? Is it unconscious bias? What type of bias you may be having and have you reacted a certain way? Christopher, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I would just I would just say that this is a really important topic and it's more pervasive than you actually think. You might spend just one whole day questioning if everything that you're telling yourself, mm-hmm. everything you believe is is absolute truth or if or if you're up your ladder. I, I'm even, you know, as we're talking about this, I'm thinking about all of the unconscious biases that I have. Now, all of the stories I tell myself now, this is unavoidable, people. Uh, There's a great book actually called The Undoing Project. This is a really great book about how do you undo your biases. It is impossible to not have biases. The question is just whether or not you're questioning those biases. So I really, really want people to dig deep into this because I think that our world is in such a place that unconscious bias has us fighting with each other rather than banding together to work on what really matters. 
It's our goal to build a global community of inspired action takers. And we can only do that with your help. So if you love inspired action, please leave a review on your favorite podcasting app and share us on your socials. You've heard from us. Now we want to hear from you. Go to inspiredactionpodcast.ca and tell us what is the inspired action you took this week. Next week on Inspired Action for Imperfect Humans. This is my problem with where the world has moved is that there's no room for the way the human brain works. Exactly. I was screamed at by somebody a couple weeks ago because I used their wrong gender pronoun. They prefer they and them. For 41 years, I have used they and them as a plural for somebody going to, of course. you know, like uh, uh, for people going to a place. So yeah. when, yeah. so, so it's not, yeah. it's not in my brain, but the implicit bias that this person had was that I was being deliberate. It was a microaggression and it's like, but maybe it was just a mistake because because the my pattern brain has always been yeah. my brain is not trained this way yet and so yeah. so your violent response to me actually makes me not even want to try anymore i'll exactly. keep trying because that's who i am but in the moment i was just like hey i'm really doing my best here 